welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We got the young adults, well, some of them, five of them speaking tonight. We got the uh, dynamic Dana duo is what I'm saying. (laughs) It's so great. I just ran over to tell Beth this, sorry, I I ran, we have earplugs in a a basket, ma'am, if you would like some. (laughs) She's like, it hurts my ears. Um, I ran over to to tell Beth, but Shay, you were praying for her. Uh, And Jacob just found out about the video that you sent us. (laughs) Sorry. It was so good. I won't go into it publicly. I'll be kind. It was great. It was a great video. I've watched it over and over again. You know, Jake, Jacob is seriously one of the most sincere young men with, young, not men, you're not two men, you're one man, uh, with such a true heart just to love the Lord, to grow in the things of the Lord. And we got to witness, without his consent, some of that sincerity. And it just, it just warmed my heart, you know, because this is, part of, this is part of the heart of God, is that we would grow more into the house, Lord, that we grow and become more like him. This is something that you and I are very passionate about, is helping equip people and raise them out, raise them up and say, hey, get out into the water. You can do it. You're going to be okay. And we will cheer you on from here and laugh and cheer you on. It'll be great. It's going to be so good. Um, I wanted to share something really quick. Um, we have just been, I'm sure you have your own testimonies. This isn't testimony time, unfortunately. We can't open that up because we're kind of on a time crunch. And I know these guys are like already like, can we just get it over with? Can I just share my thing already? Um, but we have just been hearing so many awesome testimonies about what God is doing. And I want to say something about testimonies and miracles. Is I don't believe that there's any big miracles and there isn't any small miracles. I don't believe that there's any big testimonies and small testimonies. There's just testimonies of God's goodness and there's miracles of God's goodness. So we just want to give thanks to God in everything. Whether we think it's big or small, God is in it all. That rhymed. That was pretty good. Maybe I should write some music. <laughs> Um, but we have just been hearing testimony after testimony through this series of like Jesus, you know, through the power of forgiveness, through the power of the love of Jesus Christ, just great stories of relationships being mended, you know, just even wild stuff, like people waking up in the middle of the night, this one lady that I've never even gone on a walk with just showed up at my house, she wanted to go for a walk, I'm like, okay, let's go for a walk, she was like, I woke up with Jake's voice in my head at 3 a.m. the other night, and he was talking to me about forgiveness, and you know, and it's just, and here she just gets on her computer, starts writing someone, text or write, emailing someone in the middle of the night to make something right from a relationship that was broken from four years ago. Guys, this is great stuff. This is uncommon stuff. We are living in uncommon times. Uncommon times. So I'm just saying, big or small, God is in it all. And I don't want you sitting there being like, well, God worked in their life, but he didn't work in my life. I'm saying this to encourage your faith to say, keep going, keep believing, keep sowing, sacrificial love because church we have not seen anything yet another woman was like running to me at the 5 30 service and she's crying and she's smiling i get a little nervous when someone i don't know very well is like running and like crying and smiling i'm like what is, i don't know if this is going to be good or if this is going to be bad and she's like i have to just tell you something she's like 
she's like, this Josh guy, this Josh guy. And then she was like, and you. And she was just so excited. She couldn't get the story out right. But anyway, she's from Wagner Hills. And I got to know her a little bit, just, you know, leading worship at Wagner Hills. But she's been coming with some of or her brother comes here. It's, um, you know, Nicole and Levi. So this is Levi's sister, Autumn. And some of you might remember, she was here two weeks ago. Well, God just had, she was just undone in worship. She just like, I mean, she just like cried the whole time in worship. Well, and then Josh had a word for her, and he just said, I feel like something is just being lifted off of you. So she took that to be, you know, when you get a word, you know, I just have heaviness, and God's lifting something off of me. Well, she, she had to go to the doctor for an ultrasound. She had a tumor in her stomach, and the tumor is gone. Okay? But I, I wanted to say big or small, God is in it all. And, you know, like we were talking like this, these messages on love, like though they seem simple, like they can, we all know, like if you've been on the earth for, you know, more than two years and you have lots, you know, relationships in your life or you're a parent or, you know, you just have family and we all have family, that this message of love is simple to understand, but it can be complex to walk out. But through the power of surrender and what we are seeing is people just laying, <laughs> he's falling asleep, you guys, while I'm talking. It's our anniversary tomorrow, okay? Could you please just stay awake? Sacrificial love or heavenly love, that's what you like to call it. If you want to have some heavenly love tomorrow, please stay awake. I'm so sorry, that just came out loud. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> But through this message of just sacrificial love, of us just laying our lives down, what we are seeing is, you know, it's, it's the word of the Lord speaking to us as a church. Even other people are beginning to come in. They want to hear this message of sacrificial love. When we lay our lives down, we lay our weapons down, something happens. The king of glory begins to enter into our lives. And, and let's not just be so busy looking for the spectacular things that we miss, the supernatural. Just trust is that when you are doing what God has called you to do, when you are reaching out in the ways that God has called you to reach out and know that God is doing something in that moment. And it's not about us. It's about it's about people coming into contact with the love of God. People need Jesus. And I don't just mean people in the grove. I think we, and I was saying this in the first service too, is we can think, well, you know, when you were talking, or you're not preaching, I can say this. He was talking about the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And I think sometimes we can get so focused, and it's important to be thinking about the world around us and the people that we don't know, and that's really important. We need to go out to all the world. We need to go to cities and preach the gospel. But this message of love for the ones closest to us, that's a tough place. It's easy to love people that you don't know. It's easy to sacrifice something, maybe for something, you know, because you don't know them and they haven't hurt you, so, you know, it doesn't cost you anything, but the people around us, that's where we're seeing God really bringing the healing into people's lives because they're having to make a choice in that moment. Am I going to lay myself down? Am I going to choose sacrificial love? And what we see on the other side of it is so much healing, is so much reconciliation, is so much restoration. This is who God is. This is what it's about, loving like Jesus did. Am I hosting tonight or are you? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Jake. Okay, so I am really excited. We are excited. We're all excited, right? Because we came here to cheer these guys on who's ever had to share and they didn't want to share in church. Reese just put his hand up really fast, up and down, like he was afraid I was going to notice it for next time. 
Um, you know what? The Bible says our faith becomes effectual by acknowledging every good work in us, you know? And we are going to get to hear from five awesome people. Who are sharing tonight? Just stand up. Come on, let's look around the room. So good. Let's give it up for these guys. You know, I can't think of any, you know, the, you know, the place I grew the most was in the house of the Lord. It was with my own family. You're always going to grow the most around family because they love you and they're in your corner. And it's not about perfection. It's just about being obedient. So let's lean in and listen to these guys um, share because they are going to share the word of the Lord that God has spoken to them. No, it's not fancy tonight. So we don't have our chairs normally like we do for the five for five. Um, but who are we going to pick first? Did you have an order? Did you talk to him about it? Okay, well, we're going to pick Jacob because he's been practicing so good. <laughs> no, Jacob. <laughs> it's good. Okay, let's give it up for Jacob. Oh, man. Um, the video <laughs> the video that Jen was talking about, um, I'll share. I'll let you guys in on. Can you guys hear me okay? Because my wife said I talk real quiet. Everybody hear me okay? All right. Okay, good. Um, so prior to this, when, Jenny, or when Jake let me know that I was going to be sharing a bit, um, yeah, he didn't ask me, which is fine. What I did was, <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so I like to practice a lot before I come up, even though it might not seem like it sometimes. I do it before I, do, before I come up here. Anyway, so I'm in the living room holding our TV remote um, as a microphone, pretending that it's a microphone so I have a, the correct distance and everything so everybody can hear me. And I'm walking around in my ball shorts and my whatever, workout shirt, and I'm walking around the living room, you know, preaching and telling, you know, what I'm about to say and everything and hold my, um, my remote as a microphone. And I didn't know this. I thought Beth was timing me. She was filming me and sending it to people, <laughs> which is all good. I'm glad that she did it. It's, it's funny. Um, okay. Okay. I want to start off by, by asking you guys a question that you don't have to answer, but kind of just by a show of hands, how many people have enjoyed this series like Jesus? How many people have benefited from it? I know I for sure have, absolutely. It's been um, encouraging and convicting, both at the same time. And that, I find that oftentimes when I read the Bible, when I'm in church, or when God is speaking to me and moving in my life, it's definitely encouraging. But it also is a little bit convicting, too, because there's always areas in our lives where we can grow and we can get better. And Jesus always calls us to grow and get better daily wherever we are at. Um, in 1 John, uh, we see, sorry, my, I have one ear plug, so if I'm quieter or, or loud, just tell me. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, in 1 John, we read or we see this word abide um, so much throughout uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And it kind of intrigued me when I, when I read this one phrase John usually says. He says, uh, when we abide in him, meaning Christ, he will also abide in us. And he says that so many times, and I was really intrigued by that. Um, so I looked it up. I went on Google. I said, you know, Google, how many times does John use this word abide in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John? Google said 19 times. I mean, I don't trust Google, so I checked the Greek, and it's true, 19 times in the first, those smaller books. Then I said, okay, well, he also wrote the other book, John, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I looked it up in there. He used it 34 times in that book. So now combined, John has talked to us and to everybody else 
about abiding in Christ around 50 or so times. That's a lot of times. There's got to be a reason that he talks about abiding in Christ and he and Christ abiding in us so many times. <clears throat> um, the Greek word for abide is meno, which means to dwell in or to remain in or to camp your tent in or to make your house in or just to, just to remain in something. Um, I want, as I read this, I, want to ask, I asked myself this question, but I want to ask you this question. The answer inside, where do you abide? Where do you spend your time? You know, some of us, it may be our job. Some of us, it may be uh, cars, if you like cars, or, or whatever it is, your hobbies, or social media, or whatever it may be, you know where it is because the Holy Spirit can tell you and show you. When I, when I found this, or when I asked myself this question, a couple of things came up, and I was actually kind of convicted at where I spend my time, because I'm not spending a lot of time in the Word like I should be. So it really convicted me. Um, I want to get into, I struggle um, a lot with uh, negative self-doubt uh, or my negative self-talk. I see myself in such a poor way sometimes, um, and it really affects what I do. And, and I didn't even start the timer. I didn't start a timer. Okay, sorry. Sorry, it just came to me. I'm like, oh, I might be going over five minutes already. Okay, I'll get back. <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I see, right, I'm going to say it, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll say it, I'll say it. Um, I see myself in a really poor way sometimes, and I have a hard time with my negative, with my self-talk. I see myself in a poor way. I told Beth, I said, I almost came out the womb with these glasses, these negative self-talk glasses, which is, you know, you could say my sinful nature. I came out this, the womb with these glasses on. And I've lived with them for so long, and I'm slowly starting to realize as I've gotten older, and obviously as I walk with Christ, he's shown me how to take off these negative glasses. Let me tell you a little story real quick or a little example. I'm taking this from somebody else, um, but he won't mind. <laughs> when you, who likes hiking? Who likes going out there, seeing the wilderness, seeing the beautiful views, all this stuff? No? You don't like it much? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I just don't do it enough. So I see other people's pictures, and I admire that. <laughs> but when you're out there, and when I do get out there, we're always walking up the trail, or whoever you're with, you walk the trail, look at this, and look how big that tree is, and look at, look at this waterfall over here. Man, this thing is so beautiful. Look at the deer. Look at this. All this stuff is so beautiful. Somebody must have designed this. This is so amazing. How... Uh, creative our God must be and we marvel at what God has made and created in the world in nature we get up to the top and we say man look at the valley look at the vast mountains that way and look at the vast mountain ranges this way and look at the sun look at the sky and we're so caught up in this awe of what God has done same thing if you go for a drive at night or maybe you're on your balcony or you're out with friends having a campfire at somebody's place or whatever it is. You look up at the sky. It's a clear sky, no clouds. You see all these beautiful stars. Look at the heavens. How amazing that God has created all this stuff. Look at the stars. He knows each one by name. He knows each place. He placed each one with his hand. Then you come home. You look yourself in the mirror. What do you say? That spoke to me huge. That was hard for me. Because I understand and I can see the world and the creation and how beautiful it is. But when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't always see it. I mean, I know it looked good, but I don't always see it. 
and I'm not talking about physically, that joke was physically, but inside, I don't see what God did. I don't always see the talents and the gifts that he's given me. Does anybody else understand what I'm talking about? I'm probably getting close to five minutes. So I want to tie in this whole thing about abide. As I've been abiding in Christ, and as we've been going through this series like Jesus, Jesus How does Jesus see me? How does Jesus see you? Well, we kind of know the answer to that. He loves us. He's created us in his own image. He calls us children of God. I'm doing a disservice by looking myself in the mirror and saying, what's wrong with you? I'm looking at the mountains. The mountains don't do nothing, but they're beautiful. But we can do something. We have gifts. We have talents. We have purposes. I want to share one verse, and and I'll finish. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. I want to say this. <clears throat> when we learn the uh, immense importance of spending time in his word, spending time in the church, spending time in relationships, spending time with God on our own and abiding in him, I can't, I can't tell you what God has for you. Because it, it goes beyond my wildest dreams, what he has for me and my wife, what, you, what he has for you guys and what you will do in your life. You can't even fathom what God will do. We have to abide in him. And that will change your glasses and how you see yourself, if it's negative or whatever it is. And that will allow you to be free enough to walk forward into what God has for you. I hope that makes sense. Thank you for listening. I think Jacob should introduce his wife. Wow, this is amazing. I've never got to do this before. I feel good. This is my wonderful wife, Beth. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, she might be a little shy, but man, she is a powerhouse. I mean, she can speak. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Pay attention to what she has to say. Because she's got a great word, and it's a part of her story, and um, I can tell you this, it will free up a lot of people if you really listen to it. Allow God to, to speak, allow God to speak to you through her, and through everybody else who speaks tonight, please, because what they say will change your life. It will loose change, it will allow you to be freer than you were when you came in. I'm already crying. Thanks, Jacob. It's so nice of you. (laughs) Okay. Hello, everyone. So my name is Beth. Um, I'm as nervous as I am. I am very excited to share with all of you. So I was asked to talk a bit about what the series Like Jesus has spoken to me about during this time. So I want to share a bit of my testimony. So when I was in elementary school, I had a really hard time learning. I had a hard time reading. I had just a difficult time learning the things that the teachers were speaking to me about, so I had to be tested a lot. (sighs) I didn't... I can get through this, don't worry. (laughs) Thank you. So I had to be tested a lot to see if I had hearing problems, because maybe I just couldn't hear properly. I had to be tested if I had a learning disability. And... I, 
feel like that caused, caused me to feel stupid. I feel like that caused me to feel very different than other kids because I did. I just want to stop this so I can talk normally. Okay, so yeah, I had to be tested a lot. I had to be taken out of classes to be um, quizzed on things to see if I did have a learning disability. Um, so there's this one day in grade two, um, we had this day that we had to be tested on our reading. So I remember I had my little unicorn book and I sat down and I was so nervous because I knew reading wasn't one of my strong points. And I remember as I sat down, the whole room was spinning. And um, I looked at the pages and I couldn't see anything because I was so nervous. I remember the teacher looked at me and she was so disappointed in me because the book was so easy. She told me, this is the easiest book in the classroom. Why can't you read this? And I asked, I was like, please give me another chance. Like, I can do this. And I remember the look that she gave me was uh, left me feeling so embarrassed, made me feel so alone and just not good enough because I couldn't read the easiest book. And I was only seven. And the words that she began to speak over me led me to believe that I was stupid. So fast forward to a few Saturdays ago, in church, Jake said, take a moment, close your eyes, and pray and forgive someone. So as I closed my eyes, Jesus brought me back to that moment. While my eyes were closed, I could see myself in the chair next to the teacher. I could see and feel my pain. But this time, Jesus was with me. He was hugging me. This time what happened was God brought me back to one of the most painful times in my life. But I saw him with me. The Bible says in Joshua 1 verse 5, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And I saw exactly that. I saw him with his arms around me. I felt him say, I have never left you. I have felt your pain when you were sad, but it's time for you to forgive her because the only one who was holding on to this was me. You see, sometimes forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. It's choosing when that unhealthy thought pops up into your head to forgive that person. So since then, the difference for me is when I think back to that moment and I feel like I'm stupid or I feel all these things, I see it from a different lens because I see Jesus with me now and that I wasn't alone and that he was with me the whole time. So I want to encourage you to ask God where he was when you've been mistreated or when you felt alone because he will begin to take you through those memories from his point of view and not yours. So I, I want to end it with this. He is such a loving God that cares for all of his children far more than we can ever know. Thank you. Nobody smells like Beth. Nobody smells like Beth. Even if she's having a bad day, she just smiles like that. It just like, you know when you were speaking? Oh. That's the stuff. When you step into that and you just surrender everything to the Lord, he just comes in. Jacob was introducing you, and I sat there, and I heard the Spirit of God say, you need to have Jacob introduce his wife. 
And as you were, guys were both standing here, I said to Jake, I said, you see that? I said, you see that? I said, there's a mantle coming on the two of them tonight. And I know Jake and I prayed for both of you on two occasions, but I feel like something's took tonight in the spirit. And I want to say well done for sacrificing your life for it. When you were speaking, Beth, I was thinking about the book of Acts when they could tell that these men had been with Jesus. I can tell. We can tell that you are a woman that has been with and is going to spend much time with Jesus. You just need the Holy Spirit, and you got that, who is your counselor and your teacher. I have a friend that likes to say the Holy Spirit is the genius in us. He's the Holy Spirit that's the genius through you. You don't need anything but Jesus and the Holy Spirit, baby, and you got that. You got that, and we all know it's good. So come on, let's clap. It's good. So good. Beth, I have a scripture for you too, Isaiah 58, 1. It says, spare not, cry aloud, but raise up your voice like a trumpet. That love that you have for the Lord and that love that you have for others is going to compel you. you. Fear is not even going to be able to keep up to you. Yeah, it's good. Okay, I should have just had you guys fist bump the next person because then I get the, I forget who's speaking tonight. You know what, I'm going to give it to my daughter. Because she's just like, I, I, feel, I could feel like she was like, don't pick me. I could feel it in the spirit. Okay, come on, Sid. Let's go. And then you can just fist bump Kayla or Josh. Josh, you know it's going to be you, man. So don't even. And then being on keeping my glasses off or keeping them on, I don't know. I don't know. If you guys don't know, I can't really see without my glasses. So sometimes if I take them off, it's just to get the nerves away. <laughs> Um, so my name's Sydney. I'm Jenna Jacob's daughter. Um, so the other day, I guess, Jacob, you weren't really necessarily asked to speak. Neither was I. I came home like at 10 o'clock. My mom was like, so guess what? You're speaking on Saturday night. I was like, oh, great. Okay, um, so I'm going to first start off. Um, how many of you guys have had some pretty rough friendships in high school and then you've had to face a lot of problems? Yeah, I definitely have been one of those people. And something that I've been learning how to walk through is, this, especially this season, is learning how to have patience with friendships. Back in high school, I was surrounded by a lot of people where there was no patience for friendships. It was just like one moment you wrong somebody and the next thing, boom, you're, they're gone. They don't want anything to do with you. They, have, they don't want you to explain the reasoning for why something happened. So in this season of COVID, I've faced a lot of different things, uh, financially, spiritually, mentally, as you guys probably have seen my Hope Morning Words. But another thing is I faced a lot of tension between friendships. And I always questioned as to why that was happening. I'm not going to cry, but like, let me get through this. But um, this season... I've been talking to my parents, and with the series going on with love and forgiveness, what I was taught at home was when I was facing a problem, and I was facing a problem with a specific person, I was taught to pray for them. And that was hard for me to understand that, because I was like, well, why, why do I need to pray for this person that maybe I felt like they wronged me, but maybe on their end, I wronged them. 
And it was more so taking a step back and putting myself into their shoes and understanding the reason why they acted the way that they did. So for me in this season, it's been a lot of reflecting and understanding why people act the way that they do. I didn't open my notes. Oh my gosh, hold on. Please hold. <laughs> um, it's taken me a whopping 21 years to figure that out, but I feel like I'm sort of getting to a place where I can kind of shift my perspective in a way. And even though I've had multiple conversations with my parents and telling them what's been going on in my personal life and in my own friendships, they've always challenged me and taught me, well, maybe it's not them, Sid, maybe it's you. And at one point, I actually got quite upset when I was like, it's never me. I'm never the person in the wrong. What do you mean? And what, they, what it taught me was like, well, maybe, maybe it was me. And maybe I need to step forward and actually ask the person for forgiveness and not the other way around. So with this specific season, I've had about three friendships that have meant the absolute world to me. And I've just felt like no matter what I did, I just knew that I couldn't do it on my own, that I needed to let God take the reins and have control. Because I knew that if I took control, I probably would just want it to be figured out immediately. So what I had to do was take a step back and understand that everything was going to be okay and that it is okay when it happens in God's timing and not mine. So I'm going to leave you guys all with this. So it's first Thessalonians. I can't even say it. Seth, I'm not even going to say it. You guys know what I mean. Okay, hold on. Let me just see if I can find it. Yeah, that. Okay, 5, 14 to 16. Uh, the Passion Translation, though, that stuff's the good stuff. So it says, <laughs> be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. Resist revenge and make sure that no one pays back evil in place of evil but always pursue doing what is beautiful to one another and to all the unbelievers. But then, this is where it gets good, guys. It says, let joy be your continual feast. So even in those situations where it's really quick to become negative and be like, no, I don't want to move forward. I don't want to forgive them. Continue to have joy. Continue to have hope that God is working on your behalf because he always is. Thank you. So, without further ado, I feel like Josh has something pretty amazing to say. So, let's give Josh a round of applause. Thanks. How's it going? Oh, man. I didn't practice like Jacob did, so. Didn't have a remote. Xbox controller doesn't do the same thing, so. Uh. It's pretty tough, three people to follow. Like, um, yeah, so thank you, thank you. I'm going to try my best. Uh, we were in church the other day, it was la two weeks ago, and it was the same time Beth was, uh, and she had that, that moment. And uh, Jake was praying for us, for the Lord to reveal to us in our heart, like, place of unforgiveness. And I have a tenant, like, I feel like I forgive pretty easily like almost too easy maybe and so he's praying and he just revealed like a friendship of a like one of my best friends that didn't follow the bro code per se kind of was a little bit greasy on me and uh 
And so, and then last week, so I've been praying about that, and then last week Jake shared the, um, the verse, uh, Matthew 6, 14, 15, uh, about, and I think it's, it goes, uh, for if you forgive other people when they sin against, uh, sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't, do not forgive others other sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I was like, dang. <laughs> Sounds pretty rough. <laughs> so I just like, just totally wrecked me after service. And uh, I was just praying about it, and the Lord just like showed me my heart, and it just had like this black grease, like a tar, almost like oozing over top of it, just completely hardening my heart. And uh, he just revealed to me that I hadn't actually forgiven him, even though I thought I had this whole time. Um, he actually showed me like I was becoming bitter towards others because of him, and that like just because like my unforgiveness towards him has no effect on him. It only has effect on me. Um, yeah, it just makes me worse. It doesn't, he's not affected by it whatsoever. And uh, where am I going here? Oh, and it actually created a void between me and, and the Father. Um, I found that like, I wasn't hearing him as often or as clearly. Um, I wasn't seeing him move in my life. And I think it was mostly because I was just so blinded by the unforgiveness that had come over me. Um, like, we're supposed to strive to be like the Father and, and to live a life that glorifies the Father, but how am I supposed to glorify the Father when I have that unforgiveness in my heart? Um, and, thanks. Um, we should be walking encounters. Like, everywhere we go, every time we meet somebody, if we go into Tim Hortons or we're our waitress or at the gas station or whatever, anybody we come into contact with, with a six feet distance, of course, um, <laughs> They should see Jesus. <laughs> they should see Jesus in us. Like, yeah. it should just ooze out of us. Like, we should live a life that's full of love and forgiveness. Um, we should have a heart that is compassionate and merciful towards others. Um, like, Jake and Jenny have both spoke about it before, and it was Judas. Like, if Jesus, knowing what Judas was going to do, was still able to love him and forgive him, knowing that he was going to die on a cross. How could I not do that for somebody that I call friend over something that is so minimal in life? Like, what is the past five years compared to the next 80 years of my life? And so it really hit me on, if he can do that, I can do this. Like, this is nothing. So I actually reached out to him. And, like, I guess I had been fake with him for the last couple of years, um, trying to be the bigger person. And I reached out to him, and I actually forg forgave him. I verbally forgave him. I told him I forgive you. He had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but I forgave him. And I was praying the night after, and God showed me the same image of my heart. But I watched the, this grease, this black goo, come off my heart. Like, he took a magic eraser and just got rid of it for me. And I just wanted to, like, I really felt that there's, like, some unforgiveness in the room. And I want to let you know that you have to be the one that's going to take that step, but Jesus is going to be with you when you take that step. And uh, Jake and Jenny have preached about it since the beginning of the year, that this is the year of reconciliation. And with that first step, the reconciliation is going to come. You just have to be the one to take that step and to rekindle that relationship. And, yeah, that's...
You can just hear when they get into that sweet spot, hey? You know, and even the Apostle Paul said that he wouldn't preach about anything that Christ hadn't formed in him. And you, I can just see that, like that sweet spot. Like I looked at Jake and I'm like, did you see that? This was like the pivot point when you can just see that tangible moment that nobody could take away from them that they had with Jesus. It just became easier to talk about. Guys, this is real. This is, this is stuff. You know, and the other thing that I'm noticing, and Kayla, I want to invite you up right now, sweetie, just to come up here, is that I think every person has talked about the message that's being preached. The message, they've been talking about something that they heard in church two weeks ago. We belong in community. We belong planted in the house of the Lord. We just think better. We just think right. When we are in holy community, we're one with him. We become one with one another. So I'm, I'm just so encouraged, guys. Like this is, to me, this is just more testimonies of hearing of God's goodness. Okay, so I had asked Kayla. She was one of the ones she actually got asked. I, did you feel you got asked? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how much notice you usually have. But. <laughs> no, it was good. We just, you know what, um, we just see a real grace on your life. And if, how many of you have been watching the kids' videos? They've just been so awesome. You know, and I just thought it would be really special for you guys just to hear what is in her heart, just to get to know her a little bit better. And for, you know, we had a lot of parents that were in the first service, and, you know, maybe they'll jump online, and I'm going to encourage them to just jump online and hear. But just to hear... Uh, you know, she's, she's a minister in the house. She's, she's ministering to kids, you know, every single week. So when you, when you lean in, you know, and you've been doing so well with all of these guys, there's no junior Holy Spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit. So let's just lean in and receive. Thank you for that. Josh said three people were hard to come after, and I've got four. So got to work. Yeah, I'll try my best. Um, so for the few of those who don't know me, I'm Kayla, and I've been going to this church for like quite a long time, like over five years, five years, four, seven, okay, wow, going the other way than I thought. Anyway, so I've seen almost every single five for five, and I've loved them, and, but when I was asked to come up here and talk about love and forgiveness, my first thought was, man, any other five for five would have been easier for me, <laughs> any other of them. I've seen them all. I was like, I could have done any of those with this one, so this message, Like Jesus, the series has been absolutely amazing for me. Like Jesus, that's tough, but great. So when I was writing this out, two main thoughts came to my mind that I've been really challenged by God over for the last few weeks. So a little bit about me. Um, growing up in a bit of a broken home, at a young age, I decided that I wanted to be one of those icy, hardcore, unfeeling people to stop the hurt versus one of the hot mess ones that were always crying. For me, this seemed like an easier way to stop the pain and stop the hurt, show that I was tough and I could handle everything alone. And then a few years ago, I got like a really bright sign. One of my friends accidentally, I think, they called, they called me heartless. And I was like, whoa, a heartless Christian. That's, that's not a thing. <laughs> so um, fast forward to where I am now, hard work every single day, but here I am. And I like to think now that I'm like pretty okay at the love thing. But then in my mind, I think, oh, if I'm good at the love thing, I don't need to be great at the forgiveness part. You know, I got, I got like half of it down. That's a lie. <laughs> love and forgiveness are intertwined and they're built off each other. It's not like 50% of you can do the love thing and 50% can do the forgiveness. No, that doesn't work. That would be like throwing a plastic water bottle in the ditch and then saying you'll recycle the next one. That's not how it's supposed to go. 
Thank you. Um, I always say that I want to love exactly like Jesus, all in, full of passion in the servant's heart, but then I realized you can't hold a grudge and then turn around and love like Jesus did. That, that doesn't work ever. Um, the second thing that I really thought of was we tend to wait to love and to forgive, or at least I do. We like to hold these wrongs people have done to us like our identity. Where would we be without these heartaches we wear on our shoulders every single day? But our pain isn't our identity, Jesus is. Who has ever had a challenging moment with your boss? Okay, like three people. That's really unbelievable. Okay, you must all be self-employed. Anyway, so yesterday, yesterday I had a great moment with my boss. She came in after her lunch and she yelled at me and I wasn't sure what was happening. I wasn't sure what I was doing wrong. She was mad, and she left the department after that, and I was just like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm done. When she comes back, I'm going to yell at her, or at least I'm going to tell her in like kind of a rude way that, no, it's not happening today. Um, and I was really, really happy with this decision. I felt really good about it, and then I was like, oh, shoot. That dumb, hard love came to mind. That same hard love I'd been telling myself every morning that I was just going to jump right into and it was going to be great. And this opportunity was staring me in the face. And I really wanted to look away. I wanted to be annoyed and angry and resentful for just one day and then go back to being a loving person tomorrow. <laughs> um, we think that a perfect story-like opportunity to forgive or forgive a deep hurt or love an unlovable person is going to drop on our doorstep once and then we'll be good. We've paid our time. But there are going to be at least five opportunities for love and forgiveness every single day. And I'm setting the bar a little bit low here in case you, some of you never leave your house. So um, I think I'll wait tomorrow to love that person. They're really getting on my nerves today. I'll wait another year to forgive that person just so they can see how much they hurt me. The longer you wait, no, one second. Love and forgiveness are now things. The longer you wait to love or forgive someone, the bigger amount of space you're leaving for Satan to step between you and God and you and the people you are called to love. <laughs> Make love your natural response. Practice enough and you'll always have enough practice and love will become a natural habit for you. Jesus didn't have a day off and it wasn't easy for him and it's not easy for us. But as Christians, we've committed to dying to ourselves every day, dying to our grudges, our wants, our revenges. 1 Corinthians 13:2. And if I have prof prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all the faith, so as to remove mountains but not love, then I am nothing. If you can't forgive like Jesus, you can't love like Jesus. And if you can't love, then you are basically nothing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um... I love organization, and I love schedules and rules, but sometimes forgiveness and love scare me because they don't really play by the rules. Things get messy, but with that mess comes freedom and joy. Don't be afraid to let go of those pieces of yourself and those timelines that are holding you back from more Jesus, because nothing is worth that. And perfect love will cast out all fear. To sum up, you can't love without forgiving, and you can't truly forgive without really loving. And the now is only is the only acceptable time, not yesterday or not tomorrow. So stop waiting to love and stop waiting to forgive. And I didn't yell at my boss, guys. Can we stand up? Let's stand up. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. 
If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.